Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We started our Friendship with Jesus series here at Celebration a few weeks ago, um, and we've had two guest speakers, or two speakers from within uh, our very own church share with us, besides Pastor David, and I'm here with Tyler Powell and Angela Daniel, and we're just going to talk with them and go a little bit deeper into both of their messages um, to start off the series. And so um, I just want to start out by asking you guys, what does the Bible say about Friendship with Jesus? I know that's a very broad question, but go a little bit into um, just what the Bible says about us having a friendship with Jesus. Yeah, uh, first let me say hello to everyone listening. Uh, my name is Tyler Powell, part of Celebration. Uh, it's my honor to, to be a part of our church and to get to do things like this. And so um, when the Bible talks about a friendship with Jesus, that is, um, there's a lot there. We could spend um, months probably really talking about this and delving into it because um, there, there is this aspect which I think that uh, Miss Angela really covered well of Abba Father, and there is this intimacy with God that Jesus first displayed that we did not see anywhere throughout the Old Testament. This was not the way that God was, was addressed, and so for God to become man, to be born of a virgin— to live a life that makes him accessible to us and to come into um, relation with us in that way and to be tempted in the ways that we're tempted. Jesus uh, really flipped a lot of the understanding of, of God, of the Jewish people, on its head in coming and, and befriending man right in the midst of of their sin, of their misunderstanding of him. Um, and so that is everything to us, being a friend of Jesus. Um, but then it's also, it's a, it is like a friendship with anyone in a sense, but yet it is also completely different and holy and unique um, in that this is the only friendship uh, that we have with um the Lord. <laughs> so, I mean, Jesus is both, uh, both God and man. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered that fully, but Sandra, what's your thoughts? Well, I, the only thing, um, I thought, I think of when we first started talking about this topic and the sermon series, um, I start thinking about just my friendship over my life with Jesus and what that's meant to me. And the part that, um, I think has brought me comfort you know, throughout my life is the the part about Jesus truly knowing when I hurt and knowing um, knowing that He has felt similar pain and He has and how He walked through that. And I think for me um, that has brought such comfort in times that um, no one no one and you know in, in this no one in my family no one that's close to me at times can possibly understand that but Jesus does and that part of friendship and personal relationship is, is unlike anything else out there um, other religions there's nothing else like what we have in Jesus and that's very personal and that's very real and um, it's beautiful to me that's so good and 
Um, you know, one of the passages of scripture that you talked about, Tyler, was Luke chapter 14. Um, and I'll read a little bit of that, um, and then we'll just kind of extrapolate more on it. And the verse says, uh, 20, verses 26 and 27 say, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me um, cannot be my disciple. We know that this verse is true, um, but tell us a little bit more um, about how that verse applies to our lives and how it applies in the context of being close to Jesus. Yeah, that's kind of a, a wild verse. Um, whenever, yeah, <laughs> especially whenever we first got into to this, praying about it and uh, this message and feeling like the Lord was leading me to this passage, I was like, what in the world does this have to do with friendship with Jesus? Um, but the, the thing is, is that what, what this is doing, and, and again, we talked about this on Sunday, but um, this is not unique to this scripture, uh, this idea, um, and seeing Jesus talking about, you know, hating your life in this world um, is, we, we see it other places in scripture as well. And so we can, we can look across all of those, and we can also see that love-hate is this Jewish idiom. It's this, uh, the same as we use things today for the sake of comparison. And so what this has to do with the a closeness with Jesus and intimacy of friendship with Jesus is that what Jesus is calling us to is um, to put him, to put relationship with him above everything that um, everything in our lives, even the good things, even the things that are blessings, because obviously Jesus is not talking about some emotional hatred. He's not talking about, you know, I'm sitting here right now with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law. I don't have to sit here and be like, I hate you guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, what, what this is talking about is that if there comes a point where, and, and for a lot of the people that um, Jesus is encountering, especially at, in, in the Gospels, the, the Jewish people that he's living with the, throughout um, the New Testament, the people that Paul is writing to, this separation of family was a very real thing because you're talking about a patriarchal society where oftentimes generations of families are living together and whenever you profess that Jesus is Lord, and that's a departure from, um, again, the Jewish people of that day had rejected Jesus as Lord. And so this was a very real thing for them of, hey, you have to be devoted to me above your family, because there could be a point where if you have to choose between me and your family and you haven't already counted the cost, which we got into a little bit, um, then when your family says, okay, we'll choose to follow Jesus and be homeless, or you can renounce your faith and you can stay here and be a part of the community because this also wasn't a society where you just like go get another job. You know, I mean, most of the time your job, your income was part of your family and what they did and what the family business was. This is a, you know, bartering culture uh, for the most part. And so this, I mean, this could really be alienation to say in a, in a strongly Jewish context to say, no, I think that this guy is the one that we've been waiting for. I think that this Jesus is the one promised to us all the way back in Genesis that fulfills the prophecies. All of the, I mean, so this is a really real thing. And then that's where for us, it becomes a real thing of 
that's that's the reality for a lot of people around the world. And I know there are people even in our context who um, have had family that have said, hey, you can't do it. I mean, I can remember for me um, and not to to bash my dad in any, any type of way, but when I started working as a youth pastor, I remember my dad uh, asking when I was going to get a real job, um, and so, um, which which is funny, but it's but it's also it's one of those things of like, but was my devotion to pleasing my father, or was my devotion to pleasing the father? Mm-hmm. That's good, and you know when I when I listened to the message, um, this part of the message, I remember, you know, and of course I I very I've been very familiar with this that verse. Um, those verses, but the when Tyler brought out um, when you brought out the the part about family and Jesus being about family, and again all that culture the 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 culture the Jewish culture is so important. But for me, it really speaks to me because it's it's easy to say Jesus has to come before things that are negative or things that are sinful. But my family is our family is just I mean you know you know I homeschooled my kids I keep my grandkids. It's like so when that reminds me of the priority that Jesus really is in my life and has to be in my life. And so even even in a culture like we have today, I think that's such a, a good um, truth to bring out. And it reminds us, um, of again, of that closeness with Jesus is first and foremost before our marriage, before our children, before anything else. And if we don't keep it in the right place, then those other relationships suffer. Yeah, and, and I'll say just real quick on that, um, I ran into yesterday morning, um, we're recording this the day after Valentine's Day, and so I went to Kroger, got some flowers yesterday, first thing in the morning, ran into someone from the church who had just got done working out, and I made the joke, I said, oh, you're a better man than me, he's like, what have you been up to? I was like, oh, I just got up and I was reading this morning, and I, I'm i in seminary, and that's when I study is in the mornings, <laughs> and so I, we were just joking, it was lighthearted, well, he texted me later in the day. And he said, hey, this has just been weighing on me all day. You said, I'm a better man than you. And you said, I know you were saying it jokingly, tongue in cheek, but you got up and read the Bible. And he's like, it is just all day I've been thinking about, I need to place a greater priority on on reading scripture over over just getting up and going to work out or whatever it is. And it was just this kind of subtle reminder of what you're saying, of like, even these good things. Yeah. Do we place Jesus as the priority over even the good things in our lives that are blessings? Yeah, it's so good and it's so true. And, um, you know, in week two, you talked a lot about um, our friendship with Jesus through crisis. And, you know, I can't help but think when talking about Jesus being um, more important in the priority over even our closest relationships and good things in our life. You know, if we get to a crisis point in our lives, Um, if we haven't already set that foundation, it can be very difficult to put him as the priority because of how close we are to our families and we haven't done that. Uh, So really encourage somebody um, that may be in a crisis right now, if if they haven't already, how to set that foundation um, with making Jesus the priority, even if they're already in the middle of a crisis. So I think um, what Tyler had already referred to um, when we first started, but when I talked about Abba Father, I think that um, during when you're really going through something difficult, that um, that you know the only it's only with the Lord's help that you can you can get through it in a healthy way, at least. Um, I think that that is so important to truly understand that you have a relationship with Jesus as you know 
as someone who is your best friend and but that that terminology that what the, the what it, what it means there the two parts of that is intimacy and obedience and um you really can't have you can't have one without the other um the intimacy is so crucial when you are and, and all and throughout your life but it's so important that we have that because like i said there's no other um there's no other religion out there that you can ha- have intimacy with with the god that they say they they worship or that they um they serve and so we have this we serve the one true god that we can truly have intimacy with he made that way for us but we can't have that if we are refusing to live a surrendered life and so what I would encourage people to do as you're in a crisis and maybe you feel like God is far from you or he doesn't hear you or the pain is so great you just um you maybe you can't you can't hear him you don't even really know how to feel his comfort his love because again that the pain is so real for you at, at, at this time um I know there are situations like that and um, I would just encourage you to go back to your father and just be reminded of his love for you. And then just say, even out loud, Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I give you this. I give you. Th-. If it's many times a day, just continue to say that. There's something, there's the peace that comes by just continuing to give it to him. And um, it's there, you know, that we're anxious for nothing. And we give him with thanksgiving, we make our petitions known, um, and then his peace will come and it will transform our life. It will come through and it will just change our mind. And um, But that, that is something we continually do. And in a difficult time, I'll do it. I'll do that scripture that I just talked about in Philippians. I will do that many times a day. I will quote that scripture. I will say it. I will say parts of it. And But his peace will come. And that's what I, one of the things I encourage people to do when they're in crisis. Yeah, and I think something that you talked about right there of like when the pain is so real, is so important to, for us to remember that like when we talk about Jesus and being our peace in the midst of crisis, it's not this um, na- naivety towards the world and this just, oh, well, we just kind of have this blind faith or faith in faith kind of whatever it is, but it's... Um, it's that, no, we're real people. We have real emotions, and that's okay. God is okay with our real emotion. I mean, we think back to, like, Job and all of that. And I mean, God is okay with our emotions. He's okay with um, however we're feeling about a situation. But it's the, the direction of what you do with that. Do you bring that towards God? Because I think, again, of, like, Job, who was obviously in crisis, not even of his own doing. And at the end of it, He's he's the one who hasn't hasn't sinned in in his anger, but his friends who had the quote right theology or whatever it was, um, but were trying to box God in, they weren't really moving towards God. So so there's a way to again. I just I think it's important to talk about because so often for someone. Um, this can seem like this thing of like, oh, so I just don't feel emotions. And it's like, no, 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 that is not what we're talking about. We're not saying that you become callous to the world, but it's saying when you feel those things, do you know the direction to go? And again, that's towards Jesus. 
Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, when we talk about setting that foundation with a friendship with Jesus, uh, you know, something I've just thought of in our conversation is a lot of times when we become friends with somebody, at least in our digital age and in the culture that we're in, um, we'll go to Facebook or we'll go to Instagram and we kind of look at their account and we see what they're about and we start to kind of research them. Um, And so I think it's really important just to remember that, you know, Jesus is our peace in the midst of a storm, but um, do we know the Jesus that's the peace in the midst of our storm? Do we know what his word says about him? Because we get to know him through um, prayer, but we also get to know him through the works that he's done in his word um, and and what his word says, um, and not just what he's done, um, but the character of who he is. And so, um, you know, whether someone's in a crisis or not, what are a few practical things like getting in the word more to know um, the Jesus that they're becoming friends with and kind of doing that stalking through the word as we might do on social media um, to really know how to set their peace and how to build that friendship with Jesus? What are a few practical ways people can do that more? um, Well, I think it's something important that you just said was about the character of God, because even like the biblical idea of a name, when we pray in the name of Jesus, uh, we think about the name of God, the name of Yahweh, a, a name in the biblical context meant a lot more than what we think of as just like your first or last name, but it meant that that person's being, it had a family relationship with it, but it also had a character. And that's, go back to Exodus when God introduces himself for the first time and talks about his character. So practical ways, that, so we're trying to get to know the character of God. Um, one practical way to do that is we read scripture um, because it shows us the character and the nature of God throughout history. And, and we read scripture as um, in, within the meta narrative of scripture, right? Because we go all the way back to Genesis and the beginning, and this is, this is a, a library of, of books that is um, God's revelation of himself to us. We cannot get to know God on our own. Um, now, there is, in, in Romans, talks about how God's character is, is made evident and all of that in creation, but um, God, is, God revealed himself to us, and so we have to get to know God on his own terms. And so um, Scripture is super, super important in that, and again, seeing God's character throughout history. Uh, I think that's where talking about us... Um, you know, sharing our stories, sharing our testimonies, hearing the stories of other believers is super important because when we can be encouraged by the faithfulness of God, the character of God that we've seen at work in the lives of others. Um, prayer is obviously, um, which prayer in a sense of not just, um, we can grow up with a and again, I think it's, it's a good place to start, but can be a juvenile understanding of prayer as like just this request line to God. Because um, we even think about people who pray whenever, who maybe aren't religious at all, but they get into a crisis and all of a sudden they start praying because you know, it's something beyond themselves. And it's like, that's a good place to start. But prayer as communion with God, prayer as um, spending time um, just with God, it could be driving in the car and it's not this super spiritual thing. It's not all these requests being made, but it's just saying, God, I'm just aware of your presence with me right now because you're, you're omnipresent. You're everywhere I go. Um, and, and I'm just thankful that you're here with me. I think, so I think those are kind of some, again, some practical things. And then obviously 
community. God gives us the family of God for a reason. Um, and so diving into that community where other people, we invite them in um, to our relationship. We're not called to have just this, we have direct access to God, but also we're called to be in community. And so that we give other people access to come along, come along and help us with that and also to even correct us if needed. If we start saying something, if I start saying something really wonky about God, uh, I hope that some people will come along and say, hey, I know you're, you know, I know you're trying to figure this thing out, and I know it can be a little confusing, but you said this, and I just want to, let's look at scripture together or something like that, right? Yes, I definitely, um, and I totally agree with that, and it's impossible for that to happen if you aren't in close enough proximity with people that they can feel comfortable doing that, and so that's why it's so important that we really, that I think, you know, we both talked about in our messages, but really we're doing life with the right people and keeping those people close. And, small um, groups. Yes, and absolutely small <laughs> groups. Um, we talk about those often, um, but they're, they're, they're vital. They really are vital. And you will find yourself, if, if we don't, if we begin to isolate, it's really detrimental to us. Um, the only thing I would like to add, when Tyler talked about prayer, um, just how much the Lord has been speaking to me about that also just, just recently. And I'm reading a book, a, a Chris Hodges' latest book, called Pray, Pray First, and um, I've just been so encouraged and challenged that, and again, and that was my first point on, on my message Sunday, but just how that even, that those of us that have been, we've known the Lord the longest sometimes, we can still do other things before we pray, and but that that's the first thing we we do no matter what, and then we do it like Tyler said, just through our day because our lifestyle becomes a lifestyle of prayer. So it's not just oh man, if I don't get up an hour early, I've really messed up my day. Yes, it would be great to get up. It is great to get up and do that. But throughout your day, in your car, washing your dishes, at work, if you if you're on a break, just that it's just constantly he's he's just right there at the, you know the mention of his name. He's that close, and um, I think that's that's probably just that again encouraging people in that and and then if they're not comfortable asking the lord to help you become comfortable just with praying and the lord can help you with that and i know not everybody's comfortable with it but he wants to hear from you and he wants to speak to you and praying is also listening it's it's talking to god but then listening to him and listening to what he's speaking to your heart um that's what he longs for and so it's something that you can you know do it in your car if you just do it you feel kind of um awkward or something just get by yourself and just but do it and i think it's it's i know it's um you know life-changing yeah, and that's with, with prayer, too. Um, I heard it said once that Jesus was the most dependent person who ever lived, which at first was like one of those things where I'm like, you're going to have to explain a little more because that sounds a little sketch. Uh, but And what, what they were saying was Jesus said, I, I do nothing apart from the Father, right? I'm, I'm dependent on the Father. And so Jesus, down to every word that he said, because he was fully, he's, yes, fully God, but fully man also. And so he was the most dependent on the Father who ever lived. I only speak what the Father gives me to speak. I only do. And to me, that's one of those things where like that life of prayer, that life of communion with God, where it's like, oh yeah, I just need to be more dependent with God. Like we've been talking about the car a lot, but like the person cuts me off and everything in me wants to just like road rage, um, you know, but it's like just 
how do I in every moment try to just be dependent and see that as a good thing, which in our independent culture mm-hmm. that can I'd be hard for us to hear. I get it. I'm a millennial, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And I think just remembering that having the right people around us to point us in that direction is so important. You know, I love what y'all said about small groups, um, because whether it's through a small group or just through relationships around you that you can um, commit to developing and going deeper in, um, whenever you do come to a crisis point in your life, um, we all need someone that's going to remind us of the right things or remind us to turn to God instead of um, another person for guidance or uh, anything like that. And so that's so good. Um, Just to wrap up, one of the things that you said at the end of your message, Tyler, was just talking about performing a life audit, um, which was really just about that part of the the scripture that says counting the cost. And you kind of referred to it earlier of counting the cost before we are met with the decision. Um, And so you had a few different things that you asked. Maybe you'll want to share those. But both of y'all just kind of speak to um, what does counting the cost look like um, in our lives? You want me to go first? Or do you want, I feel like I've gone first on all these, so I just want to, you no, know. You go ahead. You go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. I don't want to take all the time up. But, you know, I, I think with the, uh, I know you're, I know you're fine with that, but um, with, the, with, the, with the life audit, um, I, I feel like we don't drift towards anything really good. I feel like oftentimes we drift towards um, things that are that are more negative. We drift towards like we we don't drift just oh I just woke up all of a sudden I was just in this great deep communion like just this relationship with God that was fruitful and nourish like nourishing to my soul and it's kind of the same with like a a marriage or a friendship like we don't drift towards this like great marriage or this great friendship it takes intentionality and it takes work oftentimes we drift away from those things and that's where i think something like a life audit and taking time because we are i mean we're all busy like i get it we all have more on our plate than we can really even stand to do and it's like who has time to go and spend hours just doing this deep, you know, soul work? Like you hear people who are often young and single, don't have kids, whatever it is, who are talking about like, oh, I went and I did this silent retreat or whatever. It, I don't know what it is, but, you know, this, I spent hours with God at the park walking around and I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. If I had time to do that, that would be great. But I do think that we need to occasionally, we need to have these checkpoints in our lives. And and, and if you're married, if, um, again, if you have people that you're in deep communion with who know you well, inviting them into that process, inviting your spouse into that process. Hey, what are some areas in my life that I'm missing right now? What are some things that, and, and I'll tell you, if you don't do this, um, God may not give you an option. That was my reality. I was living in the hustle and bustle of New York, and it was everything that you hear of New York, stereotypical, like just, it's just nonstop, fast-paced, go, 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 go. And God was doing a lot of good things, but there was also just some drift that was happening. And then once life happened... Once the crisis came and it was all of a sudden, it was like, oh, I had no option but to stop and to say, I'm going to take a look at this. So that's where my encouragement would be on that life audit is to say, hey, take some time 
and look and really say, man, where is my time going? Where am I spending money? What habits have I developed that I didn't develop uh, consciously, but was just this unconscious thing? And now how do I um, reform? Because uh, I've heard it said that all formation is reformation because we're all being formed by the culture that we're a part of. But now how do I reform what I'm seeing, these patterns in my life to now be patterns that are in line with spiritual disciplines that we talked of earlier? How do I reform what, when I find what's in this life audit, if I don't like what I find, it at least gives me, gives me a place to start to say, I'm going to start making some changes. So is that? Yeah. And I would just add to that. I think that was very, that was all very, um, true and good. To add to that, I would just say you never get beyond this, and this is something we need to continue to do, and that we ask the Lord to give us always a teachable spirit, and I remember my grandmother, she served the Lord her entire life. She passed away at 90, and I remember her saying, through her 80s, I remember her saying just through so many different times in my life, but she would say, well, the Lord showed me this, or the Lord's teaching me that. And she would say, you know, Angela, you never stop growing and never stopped learning and never stop, you know, the Lord will, cor- you know, he corrects me at times. And, and I thought, you know, when she first said that, the first time I heard her say that, I was really young. And I thought, Grandma, what do you do that you ever need correcting? I mean, Grandma was, you know, just, I thought all she did was read the Bible and go to church. And, and if you knew my grandma, um, you knew, you know, that was true, but she, she stayed with that. Um, she really had that. And I remember that really just, um, meant something to me. And I remembered it for years. And I still know that it doesn't matter how long you've known God, how long you've been in church, how long you been a Christian. This is something that we never stop doing until we are in heaven, until we're with him. And because there's always something that he's wanting to show us, there's an area that we, like Tyler said, we can kind of drift, not know we've drifted. Um, And so we need to keep that humble, submissive spirit of, Lord, what do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? Where have I, you know, drifted off? Because like Tyler said, there will be things that he does. He loves us so much. He will use a situation to get our attention. And, um, and so, but, but that, I think keeping that kind of heart, um, before him is, is so important. Yeah. And, and so I'll say, you know, in that just real quick, because, um, I think that's so important for us to remember as we talk about this friendship with Jesus series that we're in, um, this applies to everyone. That's where like, this is, great. Like we, you don't graduate past this. We don't graduate past these truths. Um, we are all dependent on Jesus. We're never, we're, we are, when, when you go into a friendship with Jesus, you're signing up for a lifetime. Uh, this is a lifetime commitment, a lifetime calling. It's an eternal calling. It goes beyond our lifetimes. And, and so, but, but what I'm saying is, um, I just think it's important for us to have that perspective of like, I'm not approaching this like I would a woodworking project where it's like, man, I've got this like completion in mind where it's like, if I can just do this, it's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm just trying to be more like Jesus. And once I have what, once whatever the big thing is right now in front of me, like feels like, oh, that doesn't feel like it's as big of a thing. There'll be something else that we need to work on. And so like just staying humble, I think that's such a great reminder. 
That's so good. And, you know, I know this conversation, um, I can't imagine that it won't be just encouraging to someone that listens to it to take some of these steps and to um, do some of these things to just grow in their friendship with Jesus. You know, I encourage you guys that are listening, um, both of these messages from the past two Sundays are uh, available on YouTube, and you can go and listen to the the full entirety of what they both were um, able to share with us, um, that God just gave them to share with us to hopefully grow all of us in these um, areas. So go on YouTube, Celebration um, Church Shreveport, and you'll be able to find both their messages. Um, but either one of you guys want to pray for us and pray for the people listening just as we in this time. Yeah, I can't, I don't mind praying for us if you want me to, which real quick, just uh, it, what we just talked about just reminded me of Psalm 23. And so I just want to read the first few verses of that and just encourage you guys to, to do that before we pray. Um, but uh, Psalm 23, starting in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. With that in mind, let's, let's pray real quick. God, we love you. And uh, I just, God, I thank you that you invite us in to be a, a friend of yours. God, I thank you that you are a friend of sinners. And God, that you no longer call us sinners, but God, you, you call us joint heirs. You call us brother and sister. And so God, I just pray that um, something that was said today would be encouraging to, to everyone who's listening and would just be um, an aid in them just taking just whatever that next step, just doing the next right thing in front of them. Um, God, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. God, that you do lead us, that you... Um, are here with us, and we love you, and um, yeah, we we just pray uh, for the rest of this series to just be as incredible as as the first few weeks have been, um, and just help us to be more like your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good job. Was that it? That's all. All right. <laughs>